podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name is Armando, a.k.a. Hot Take Mondo, and I am joined by Reese, a.k.a. Referee. And today is a joyous day, Reese. Do you know why? Why is it a joyous day, Hot Take Mondo? You are out of the closet. Physical closet. <laughs> oh, I left the apartment. Why'd I leave the apartment? Got a two-bedroom apartment. Ooh, I'm outside the closet. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trapped in the closet. <laughs> there's there there's no midget outside the closet. Oh, I can't say that anymore, probably. Never mind. So I pull out my Grover. <laughs> Ooh, he's so blue and fuzzy in my apartment. For those of you that don't understand this reference, this is R. Kelly trapped in the closet, which for a lot of reasons should be canceled. So we apologize for singing that. But um, if you don't think this should be canceled, actually watch the music video. It is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. One of which um, someone actually um, uh, has an accident on the uh, on the on the carpet and he watches this accident happen while he's in the closet. It's the weirdest thing. It's I mean, that's the point we should have known. Right. I mean. That should have happened, and we should have immediately had those ASMR FBI agents on him, just being like, "Where's R. Kelly?" That's right. They're they're spending way too much time on Found City Sports Media when they should have been looking at R. Kelly after his like ten part, what he called a hip hop opera, or I don't even know what he called it, but something like an opera. Hip hop opera. Um, how dare you spend time on Found City Sports Media? Yeah. What's going on, Reese? Reese is out of his physical closet and he is in a new space it looks pretty cool from here reese tell us about the move uh well so the move first off is i was telling my wife this whole time like it's gonna be the easiest move of all time because we were in a studio we literally had to walk the equivalent of i would guess maybe maybe a hundred yards to like cut through the right so it's the same apartment complex yeah. just bigger space and, and the apartments in this complex are all like condos you know so it's, it's more like units rather than like you know the, the big block and i'm like i'm floor four you know 502 no it's, it's nothing like that they're, they're basically condos and uh we had everything packed we got a lot of the big stuff moved day one. Second, big shout out to friend of the podcast, Alex Nikolenko, for coming over and helping us move a lot of the super heavy stuff like the king size Ooh, mattress. Thanks, and Alex, all right. Yeah, he, he was huge. Sofa, oh, all that stuff. Uh, so we had a lot of that moved in and we're like, okay, wow, this was as easy of a move as I thought it was going to be. We can just kind of coast now, right? But it was like, th- there was all these little small trips afterwards Paired with oh, like deep, cl- yeah. Paired with like deep cleaning the space that was the studio apartment, which again is just a big open square. So it wasn't like we were like having to clean a bunch of rooms or a bunch of nooks and crannies. It was just all that stuff paired with a lot of different things. It's suddenly like it's now Tuesday, and everything is obviously in the new apartment. But like, I'm not even gonna turn my monitor because it's just like it's it's a wasteland. It looks like hoarders in here, just because you know everything's still boxed up and there's no space, and I'm tiptoeing everywhere. So this is like I'm into my new podcast fortress, but it's far from set up. I I feel like whenever like the easy move happens, that's always the hardest move because you know you have time to like take to move it's not like you're going from kansas city to st louis where you have to do everything in one day i feel like when you know you have time to do something that's when all these little things come up and you're like oh i forgot the patrick mahomes texas tech jersey that i left on the left side of the studio i gotta go grab it 
Did you guys get a van or what did you, you had a pickup truck, right? Or somebody rented someone's truck? Well, that was the other thing too, was that we didn't have a moving van. We would essentially pack up my CRV and my wife's Pontiac Vibe, you know, it's like two midsize hatchbacks and just like pack those things, drive literally the 15 seconds, you know, around the block. You could literally walk to this place at the same amount of time it takes to drive. And we just like Jeez. unload and, and go up and down stairs. Now, that is the thing is that the first day of moving, I did walk, I'm proud of this, 121 flights of stairs, according to my uh, Fit Band. So that was not easy. I was achy the next day. But I just think it was the fact that it, his calves are just shredded. Oh, dude, I've got like bulls on my legs right now. Uh, no, I, I think if we would have had like even one of those like standard 12 foot U-Haul all in one moving vans, nothing big, but just enough that like we could, we could have just walked sure. everything down in one trip and walked everything up in one trip. It may have actually been easier. So that might have something to do with it. But all things considered, fairly, the, the move was not the difficult part. The, the unpacking is the difficult part. Oh, I bet. And I bet that has just begun, huh? Yeah, basically. We're going up to Iowa tomorrow, so we basically have the rest of tonight oh, and maybe gosh. maybe an hour or so tomorrow morning to try and do some unpacking before we uh, head up. We're, co- we're coming back to this for sure. Oh, boy. Well, that sounds very exciting, Reese. I I will not keep you too long. In fact, not only for you, but for me, too. I am in Phoenix, Arizona right now with my family, my my sister and my brother-in-law are here too, and we are making some carne asada, Ooh. which for those of you that have made carne asada, it's like takes two minutes to make. So uh, I'm in uh, mid mid prepping the carne asada, but it's going really well. Happy to see the family. But uh, for all of our Patreon fans out there, just so you know, Reese and I never give up. No matter what the situation in our lives are, we provide content every single week for you. And Reese, if I've inspired people to donate, where can they donate and where can they find us on social media? If you feel inspired to donate, you can check us out at patreon.com backslash FCSM where we have outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. And if you just want to follow us, which we encourage you, a follow is free. Follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at Fountain City SM. We have the dankest memes. We have the coolest interactions. I don't know if you just noticed that last week, Armando, but we have some pretty cool interactions. And, uh, very high quality, low quality content. Yeah, stay tuned for some really awesome interactions. We just did an interview with Sunflower State FC, which was amazing, and we will have that out for you as soon as we can. Uh, but we're really looking forward to showing you them because they're actually a really cool soccer team. They're in Kansas City, and just a really fun group of people. It was a fun interview, so stay tuned for that, Kansas City fans. Uh, before we get into the Chiefs Cowboys game, Risa, what are you doing in Iowa for Thanksgiving? What are what are the plans for the Talbots? Uh, we are going to just convene at the family house in Cedar Falls. It's going to be my parents, me, my wife, and my older sister, who is doing her last year of residency at UW-Madison coming down. My younger sister stuck out in North Carolina, bless her heart, so they will not be joining us, but it's just going to be like a low-key family hangout, kind of detox, except ironically, my parents' place is like equally just torn asunder as ours because they're getting their entire house painted on the inside right now so it's just kind of like oh boy there's no rest <laughs> for the wicked 
So they're just high on fumes all day then. Dude, just just chilling up in CF, you know, <laughs> enjoying that. Are they bear. are they actually staying inside the house while it's being painted or are they staying off location? They're staying inside the house. They're, they're doing it like one room at a time. Per so section, it's yeah, 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 so it's enough that they're not you know, like choking or anything like that, hopefully. Sure, just like <laughs> just the solid paint first on like every single room and then and then the crown molding begins. Exactly. So yeah, I, I spent about 15 minutes tonight helping them hook their sound bar back up to their TV, which, oh my goodness, the camera working in Iowa, in, in Iowa, they FaceTimed me for help. And like the camera, oh, I was like, you drove up to Iowa to help with the sound bar. Then you came back. Oh down gosh, no. packing. <laughs> that's like a Reese is too nice. Yeah, it's like a four hour, 40 minute drive if I don't stop. But uh, no, for real, like the, the camera work was like a combination of the worst parts of Blair Witch, Cloverfield and paranormal activity dude it was just like i'm like okay, okay hold the camera down what does it say on the back where the the red and white cables are connected like well there's two red and white cables i'm like okay can you can you hold the camera so i can see what those say and like my mom holds the camera like up to the back of my dad's hand he's holding a flashlight it's like dog i'm like you can see where you're pointing the camera on the screen it's like give me give me something to work with here so yeah, we we do not respond to yelling Reese. We only respond to ASMR Reese. Oh, I can't even do parental parental ASMR. It's just like my that's my moral true. code. Yeah, maybe won't not. Let maybe me. not. Never mind. <laughs> I was cocked and ready. That's where it stops. That's where it stops. I, I actually showed Logan um, today. I was I showed her the the ASMR section of our podcast, and she was like, "That's actually pretty funny." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, you're the reason why we started it because you watch ASMR videos, and we were making fun of you on the podcast." She's like, well, at least something effective happened then on your podcast. <laughs> I mean, can't argue with that logic. <laughs> All right. So Thanksgiving is going to be great for Reese. I'm here in Phoenix having a great time. I mean, we're we're talking 75, 76 degrees shorts mm. weather. It's beautiful here. I'm going to brine the turkey tomorrow. Put that in. The, it's actually the first time that I've done like a like a 12 hour brine. And then my dad and I are going to put on the Traeger. Oh, we, we we did the turkey on the trigger last year with it without the brine, um, and it was my dad had like just bought the trigger, and mm-hmm. I don't know where we put the thermometer. We may have put it on like the edge of the turkey, but it was definitely ready like an hour before we were done taking it off. So mm. you know we thought it was going to be a six hour cook, but it ended up being an eight hour cook. It could have just been a six hour cook. Anyway, that turkey was pretty good, but we we're like this year we're doing it right. We're doing the brine. We're doing the twelve hour brine. Then we're gonna. You know, make sure that th- thermometers just straight in that turkey. So we will keep you posted with all that. Ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and message us on, on Fountain City SM there on Instagram. Let us know what your Thanksgiving traditions are. Let us know what you're doing because we want to know because you guys are family now, you know? You know what? I got a Thanksgiving tradition bone to pick here, and I'm not talking the wishbone. Can I have the Uh-oh. floor for another couple minutes? Oh, no. Is it like, no, you can't play flag football because you tore your meniscus when you played a couple years ago? What is it, Reese? Nonsense. That just makes me the world's most stationary tight end or the world's worst mobile quarterback. <laughs> Glimmerglass young artist versus Glimmerglass tech back in 2016 man i was everywhere both sides of the ball that was a game for the ages anyway anyway that's that's neither here nor there the real thing that's got me fired up is the fact that it's this thanksgiving and there are traditions and as we all know it's technically traditional for the dallas cowboys and the detroit lions to play football games on thanksgiving 
This is correct. But you know what? I was thinking about this. Both teams have been so bad for the better part of the last 25 years. I mean, Dallas has like like this year. They're good. But like they have one of these years, what, like every six years at most. Otherwise, both those games always suck. Like I don't want to see Dallas taking on the Jaguars and the Lions playing like the equally tepid Chicago Bears every year. Those games suck. Now, I'm not saying they have to go full on NBA Christmas Day, which always serves up second helpings of high-quality matchups that are predetermined before the year starts. But I want to make this proposition here. Do you see any reason why the league can't keep the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving, keep the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving, but make them play each other every year? And just... I'm dead serious. And call that like... The, the Thanksgiving Day, like, gobble, gobble bowl or something like Hell that. Bowl. Basically, like, <laughs> the, uh, America's game or something like that. That's your annual tra- Thanksgiving game from here on out, Dallas versus Lions. But then the later game, you make a game that probably will matter later on in the year. So, like, you program, you're like, let's see, last year, uh, Rodgers and the Packers, oh, they were really good. Okay, uh... Who's probably good next year? You know, I'd watch them play Lamar and the and the Ravens. I think people would too. Yeah, let's do Packers Ravens for game two. Don't you think having one guaranteed good game on Thanksgiving is not too much to ask? Yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, to add to that, NFL, come on, Fountain City Sports Media, and show us the evidence that people are going to watch and enjoy Chicago versus Detroit. Like, even if you put Arizona and Houston, who you don't think of Thanksgiving, Arizona, Houston, they're going to watch it because it's the only game on for Thanksgiving and everyone is off. So I don't agree with the logic that you have to have these like Midwest teams that, you know, we think of Thanksgiving, we think of Chicago, we think of Detroit. Detroit, we think of Dallas. You put anybody on that morning cast. Anybody is going to watch any game because everyone is off of work watching football. So don't like give me concrete logic that having the Lions on actually makes me, Armando, watch that Thanksgiving game over watching a Jacksonville versus the Jets. Right? There there is no logic to it. And what Reese alluded to, yeah, put this is what Adam Silver does. You know, thank God, you know, th- you know, this is Thanksgiving. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for Adam Silver because Adam Silver knows how to get the ratings and do it right. He puts Lakers. He puts Golden State. He puts people that are good. He's not putting the Knicks on Christmas. Well, maybe he is putting the Knicks on Christmas, but the evening game is always a number one, a number two team playing each other, right? Why can't we do that? Okay, this year he tried it with the Bills and the Saints, but still, you can still finagle it and have it be, like you said, Maybe a Patrick Mahomes, maybe an Aaron Rodgers post-COVID, maybe even the Rams. The Rams suck, but even even put Rams Chiefs. You know how many people watch Rams Chiefs after Mexico City? Are you kidding me? Reese, you're right. I'm fired up about it. You're fired up about it. Come on. Come on, NFL. Put some good games on for Thanksgiving so I can watch them with my grandma. We need to find a hashtag and get that trending and just like get this clip in circulation because... I, I just feel like that's not asking too much. They both get to keep their Thanksgiving games. The thing is, the thing is not that like they host every Thanksgiving. The big thing is they play every Thanksgiving. So right. why don't we just have America's Pillow Fight followed by the main event? 
Exactly. He's like, and also tell me how many people are, are related to someone from Detroit. Well, like let's let let's go through that logic. Yes, Detroit is America City, but how many people are actually related to someone that's going to root for the Lions? Well, tell me, tell me. Well, I can tell you, my in-laws are actually from outside of Detroit, but like even they don't care about that game because the Lions are always getting like crushed or it's against somebody that doesn't matter. Like even last year, they like they kept tabs on it, be like, oh, this, this game's not very good. Let's turn it off. And th- those are like Detroit fans, so I <laughs> I can't imagine how the rest of the country feels. Also, who's who's even starting for Detroit or for Chicago? Oh my gosh! Let's see. Uh, yeah, Tim Boyle is starting for the Lions. Oh my gosh! And then hold on, please, for Chicago because it's not Justin Fields. It's a Vander Holyfield. <laughs> I don't know why his name came up. Andy Dalton's going to start oh, on Saturday. Gosh. Ugh. Andy Dalton. Okay, you tell me, Andy Dalton. And who did I just say? Tim Boyle. Who's Tim Boyle? Andy Dalton and Tim Boyle are going to start Thanksgiving Day when me and my grandma are supposed to watch and bond over football. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Put on the Chiefs. Put on Green Bay. Let's let's get this nonsense out of here. Yeah, absolutely. That's my that's my hot take of the week. That's my hot take of the week. <laughs> that was hot. That was a hot take, and that is endorsed by hot take mondo speaking about hot takes reese i think we are slowly but surely coming back in our fantasy league let's go ahead and look at the standings real quick let's do an update because we actually had some people complain when we had lost last week so you know what we'll just keep bringing it up because what happened oh yeah clyde and prejudice just had the highest point ranking in the week what how many points do we have a lot 120 some i think one second reese one second reese so clyde and prejudice that's Reese and I. We beat the Motown Philly East Coast Swing. That's David. We beat them 138.98 points to 93.8 points. We beat them by 40 points. Why did we beat them by 40 points? That's right. Jalen Hurts is the best fantasy quarterback in the NFL right now. He is currently ranked one. Oh yeah, were, were people making fun of me, Reese, in the beginning of the year when I posted that video Matthew Barry had put? He said, hot take Jalen Hurts is going to be the number one quarterback in NFL and fantasy do you remember that I I, I do recall that yes I uh, actually do recall that very well here is my Vegas bus lap around Arrowhead Stadium because that's right Jalen Hurts is the number one ranked fantasy quarterback he had 30.7 points also following Austin Eckler having 38.5 fantasy points Uh, last week he has now jumped to number two I don't know who's number one uh, I guess that should be Jonathan Taylor Thomas man it is Jonathan. Yeah, it's got to be. Reese, are, are are we gonna are we gonna apologize publicly about Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Uh, I apologize publicly by going and watching the Chiefs game with Alex at uh, Jefferson's down on Armor and Swift, and uh, we got a bucket. Get this hot take play of the week. Jefferson's offers ten dollar domestic buckets during Chiefs games. So I'm like, okay, I'm thinking like five, you know, five like 12 ounce bottles of Bud Light or something like that. And I'm like, okay, uh, what, what do you have? And he's like, uh, do you have PBR? And he goes, yeah, we have PBR. So I'm like, okay, we're going to get five PBRs in this bucket for 10 bucks. Comes back with this ice cold, crispy bucket of five PBR tall boys for 10 bucks. That's incredible. 10 bucks? That's incredible. Now, what, where I'm getting at with this is the fact that there were five, two of us, Alex Nikolenko had the third PBR, and that to me is our public apology for <laughs> dunking on Jonathan Taylor Thomas. 
That's what an apology is worth to you. One, one tall boy PBR. Uh, one crispy tall boy PBR. So you know, I'm just kidding. No, we'll have a, we'll have some sort of ceremonial. We were wrong. Yeah, fine. We'll just we'll just buy him another tall boy of like make a little ultra. How about that, dude? How about that, Alex? Wait, what if we go to the grocery store, like the <laughs> liquor store, and we get like the most domestic pick six possible? So it's like a Miller High Life. Like Milwaukee's Beast, a Natty, uh, Grain Belt, um, PBR, obviously, and then like Coors Banquet. No, Land Alex, Shark. I think that'll do it for you, and I will totally split the cost and Venmo you 50 cents for that. Yeah. Alex Nikolenko was right with the Jonathan Taylor pick. Yes, Alex was right. Okay, but but again, you know what? I'm I'm still going to be stubborn. He is only right because Dalvin Cook was injured, because CMC was injured, because Alvin Kamara was injured, because Derek Henry's out. You know, in an alternate universe, if all those people are still there, I don't think Jonathan Taylor Thomas is still ranked number one. Okay, fine. I'll give it to him. Maybe he's ranked third. Maybe he's maybe he's fourth, but you're right. He's a good player. We didn't. I mean, we knew he was good. There's just there's just so many great fantasy running backs that I don't think Alex knew that all these other great running backs were going to get injured. You know, if they all played and then Jonathan Taylor Thomas surpassed them all when they were all healthy, then fine, then fine. But you know what? They weren't Alex. So we're going to revisit that. We got a full PBR apology from Reese and a half Michelob Ultra apology from Hot Take Mondo. I feel like there's got to be something we can do with it, like a PBR apology. That's got. What if we get PBR to sponsor PBR that segment? PBR apology. <laughs> PBR apology. Well, every every hot take that that you and I get wrong, we have to have a PBR apology segment on the hot take from the previous week. Stands for like professional bro remorse segment. <laughs> I actually do have an apology from last week. I got dead wrong, but we will revisit that when we talk about it. But briefly, let's talk about the playoff standing. So again, in our league, we have 12 teams. Only four get in. Right now, we have Stone Cold Chief Austin 10-1. and one, Just absolutely obliterating everyone. He has a 100% chance of getting in. Second, we have Herbie Fully Loaded, which I believe is Will. Is that right? Yep. 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 Will is now in second place. He's got a great smattering of Justin Herbert, uh, Daryl Henderson, Adam Thielen. Somehow he's surviving with Tyler Lockett. I do not know how he's doing that. Uh, third place we have... Oh, third place is a tie right now. It's a three-person a three tie of Karen Rogers... Um, Team Zang, which is my buddy Mike, and then going Allen, which is Buffalo Mike. They're all six and five. Right after that is us, Clyde and Prejudice and Brian Earl Spilner. Yeah, Brian Earl Spilner. Oh, and Kyle. So we have a three-way tie for fourth place, which is uh, pretty tough. Go ahead, Reese. I would just like to point something out, though, still. We are, but... 70 points out from being the highest scoring team in the league, but we yes. also have the most points scored against us in the league. So, again, we're just like the results of bad luck here. 
And I think we still have a good six games to go before the end of the season. Yes, yes. So we still have a long time. Our team is trending in the right direction. We have some solid players. So we are neck and neck trying to get that last place, Reese. So what we're hoping for is a Buffalo Mike um, collapse, which could happen. Who does Buffalo Mike have? Let's see. Um, he has Josh Allen not looking to collapse. He has Saquon Barkley could easily collapse. Kenyon Drake, I don't know why he's in a starting position because there's Josh Jacobs there. Stefan Diggs is hot and cold depending on if Josh Allen does well. Emmanuel Sanders, eh, not 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 a great wide receiver too. Not a great wide receiver too. Uh, he's, again, he's got a lot of Buffalo Bills. So he's riding on the hot hands of the Bills. So if the Bills collapse, they're playing the Saints, which is a great defense. They could collapse. We're only one game out of that first place. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. But shout out to um, Stone Cold Chief Austin just going crazy, man. Jeez. Yeah. Carson Wentz, James Robinson, Cordell Patterson, Tebow, Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase. Of course, Cooper Cup, who we've been trying to get every single week. Oh, he has Travis Kelsey, too. Wait, 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 wait. Um, oh, that's right. We're on the bye week. Stone Cold Chief Austin is dunking with everyone, or dunking on everyone with Carson Wentz as his starting quarterback. Am I reading this right? Oh, no. Um, actually, even worse, he had Ryan Tannehill, and then he just picked up Carson. How did he acquire all of this talent? <laughs> You know what? Actually, to to give it to to give it to Stone Cold Chief Austin, he just like he just dunked with Cordell Patterson. He dunked with Debo Samuel. He dunked with Cooper Cup. Like all those guys, you did not expect to do well. Oh, also James Conner is amazing too. So he got like four flyers that all panned out to be top ten in their position. Oh my god! So I mean, oh and Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Like no one thought he was going to be the number one quarter or number one wide receiver in fantasy football. I mean, he definitely just got a ton of flyers that just work. So congratulations to you. You're going to do well. But again, I think a couple weeks ago he had a bad he had a bad week. So you never know. Once we make it to the playoffs, it is anyone's game. And with that said, Reese, talking about it's anyone's game, who would have thought four weeks ago, Reese, the Super Bowl favorites by Stephen Naismith, the Cowboys, number one. And he hates the Cowboys. So for him to put them number one a couple weeks ago, who would have thought the Chiefs defeat the Dallas Cowboys 19 to 9. Reese, I have a lot of stuff to talk about, but what are your initial reactions just if you were to think when we were decimated by the Tennessee Titans that we that we would decimate the Packers, decimate the Raiders, decimate the Cowboys. Just put yourself back in that time and imagine your reaction now. I wouldn't believe it had you told me. I think I would have believed that the offense is starting to get their footing underneath them again. Again, they're, they're not playing high-flying greatest show on turf like we know they can, like they have in years past, but they're at least starting to put up some passable, cohesive offense. I would have expected that out of them. I never would have expected the defense to turn into what looks like a top-12 defensive unit in the league. Now, I know they've hit some luck recently with Aaron Rodgers being out, you know, not having Amari Cooper and then losing CeeDee Lamb in the second half. But, I mean, that Dallas team was not short on talent on either sides of the ball. Plus, CeeDee Lamb wasn't doing diddly squat in that first half against us. So, I am very pleased with the way the team is trending, and I think the bye week may have come at just the right time, where now some of our players that seem a little bit dinged up can kind of just sit back, relax, and enjoy the magic of Andy Reid coming off the bye week. 
Amen. It is truly a miracle that the Kansas City Chiefs go from the worst team in the AFC West and one of the worst teams in the AFC, frankly, to now being Super Bowl favorites again. I mean, can you believe that in a three-week span? Truly a miracle. And yes, for all those doubters that say, oh, they didn't have Amari Cooper. I'm sorry. If you watch football, CeeDee Lamb is the best wide receiver on that team, statistically and the eye test. I mean, CeeDee Lamb was a great draft pick up two years ago and he has just exploded on the scene so like you said Reese for him to be shut down in that first half before he has the concussion I mean my goodness there is no excuse no excuse from Texas fans no excuse from the NFL Kansas City showed what they had and Ezekiel Elliott he's not injured Tony Pollard he's not injured that one-two punch that has been doing really well this year yeah 36 yards for Ezekiel Elliott are you kidding me are you kidding me? And they also still have Dalton Schultz. They still have a good Michael Gallup who they were trying to get it to. And you know what? They just didn't show up. And this was amazing. This was such a good win for the Chiefs. Reese, normally I talk about the offense first, but we got to give to the defense. We Who would have thought three weeks ago too? We would be praising the defense against the Cowboys who people said was the best offense in the NFL. And we start with Chris Jones. Now, Reese, we won't talk about the Chris Jones of old that we were complaining about three weeks ago, him being on the defensive end. He has just found his home again, a defensive tackle. And for those of you, again, that complain, oh, Amari Cooper wasn't there, CeeDee Lamb got a concussion in the second quarter or to go into halftime, Chris Jones still had to play Zach Martin. Zach Martin, one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. Chris Jones destroyed him. For those of you that follow Seth Kaiser, he just wrote an article about it. goes through every single snap that Chris Jones had and dominated everything. Reese, what do you got to say about Chris Jones? 3.5 sacks on the night. Well, I think this is a great opportunity to have our first official on-air PBR apology <laughs> because I owe this to Hot Take Mondo and Chris Jones that I was absolutely wrong calling out Chris Jones three, four weeks ago. Last night was an Aaron Donald, TJ Watt, Khalil Mack type of blam, performance blam, 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 out blam. of a player that I didn't believe had it in him and thought this whole time he was kind of a guy, a B-plus, maybe masquerading as an A-minus guy because of his name in that year where he set the franchise single-season sack or uh, consecutive game sack record. Now, after what happened this last week, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a game record worth $100 million if he can do this like every so often. This is exactly what we paid for because that was a game where you take Chris Jones out of the equation. That could be a very different outcome on that final score. Absolutely. I mean, his mechanics look great. He just looks so much more comfortable. And not only that, but something I was watching some tape today, actually, of Frank Clark and Chris Jones actually timing it. When they see that they are going to double Chris Jones... Frank Clark just finds the space. I mean, when they know just Chris Jones is going at Zach, at Zach, at Zach, the moment that they try to double team or even uh, the the left tackle just tries to get a hand on Chris Jones, that's when Frank Clark starts to eat. And you didn't see that for the previous weeks. You didn't see Frank Clark just like really getting this intuition of, okay, he's going to get double team now. I got to squirm over. I got to slide over. But you start to see that yesterday and that was scary if you get Frank Clark and Chris Jones side to side in sync 
I mean, that is some scary stuff. You saw Frank Clark get to Dak Prescott within 0.3 seconds of the snap. I forgot. It was like somewhere in the first quarter we saw something like that. That's when you know this Kansas City Chiefs defense is getting scary. Not only that, but Jaron Reed also looked good, like really good next to him as well. I mean, this is great. We are peaking at the right time and peaking against a high-powered offense. So if we did this against the Cowboys, knock on wood, just imagine what we do to Teddy Bridgewater in two weeks. Man, Teddy Bridgewater, isn't he isn't he the line in the NFL, the Teddy Bridgewater line where it's like this is your minimum level starting quarterback or something like that? Isn't that a thing? Uh I don't I don't recall, but I would not um be shocked if that's a real thing. It doesn't matter who your quarterback is. Uh no, for real though. It's it's very impressive when Frank Clark and Chris Jones are on the same page. And I don't know if this is because, like I said, Frank Clark's finally getting healthy. Or if someone told Frank Clark, you're not guaranteed to come back after this year by your contract. That's like the first (laughs) time you ever heard that. Uh, But, I mean, that first fumble that Dallas had was completely set up by Frank Clark, strip-sacking Dak Prescott, Chris Jones scooping it up. Uh, That's exactly what we need. Now, I I got a question for you here. What would you say, in order, this is going to be a uh, uh, kiss- Mary, leave forever. That's how we call it on this podcast. Kiss, Mary, leave forever. Are you following? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> kiss, Mary, leave forever. The reason why this defense is playing the level it is. The three options being the addition of Melvin Ingram, the subtraction of Ben and sorry Ben Neiman and uh, Daniel Sorensen, or third option. Just everyone on the defense starting to play up to what we thought their floor level of play was going to be. Guys like Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill, Bolton, Gay, Sneed, those dudes. Kiss, Mary, forget forever. Wow, that's actually a really good question. Um, uh, Because I will preface it, all of them, you want a piece of the cake. Right. Mm-hmm. Like all this is good cake. Right. We're talking Marie calendars, lemon meringue. You want them all. Uh, the one that I would marry is probably just everyone is, is hitting their stride. And we'll and we'll talk about this as well with Legereus Sneed, Traverius Ward, Rashad Fenton, Juan Thornhill, um, uh, Honey Badger, Chris Jones, Frank Clark. I've just named a ton of people on that defense. I still have left out Gay and Bolton. I mean, all these people are playing well. Right. Like. Every other season that we've talked about recently, the past year and a half, 2019 and 2020 and 2019, every single game we have at least one thing to talk about that is wrong with this defense. Whether it's Sorensen, whether it's Dudu number one, Dudu number two, and Warden Fenton, whether it's just no pass rush, right? That was that was my biggest concern this year is that if we don't get a pass rush, that's it. It's over. You can pack it in. But Chris Jones is finding his stride in defensive tackle. Uh, Jaron Reed is also finding his stride because Chris Jones is finding his stride. So I'm going to say we marry that first one. Everyone is just peaking, and it's amazing. Uh, Number two is probably Sorensen is seeing less snaps. And I don't think... Did we even see a single snap of Neiman? Oh, yeah, we saw plenty game? of Neiman snaps oh, okay, on that last sorry. drive. I, was, yep. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah, toward, toward that last drive, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. But clearly, this is less snaps from weeks one through five or six, right? So I will kiss that, um, that situation, and I will go ahead and punt the situation of Melvin Ingram because he 
he's there, everything just clicks. No, I mean, that has nothing to do with Ward. That has nothing to do with Fenton's athleticism. Honey Badger, Juan Thornhill. Like, it's great that we see Ingram. Like, if we just see two great plays from Ingram for the rest of the season, or every game we see two great plays, fine. That's great. But that doesn't really account for, you know, Rudy Gay finding Rudy. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. Will, <laughs> Willie Gay called you Rudy Gay. <laughs> I've only oh. had a couple beers, I promise. Um, but, but, that, but that doesn't account for Willie Gay finding Ezekiel Elliott last night, you know, like on the flat. I mean, amazing play. So I would rank them that way. One, two, and three. Okay. How about you, Reese? Uh, I would probably say, starting with number one, I'm really going to say taking Sorensen and Neiman off the field. I, I mean, I really mean that. I think both of them aren't starting NFL-level players. So if we're going to be very generous and count them both as half of an NFL player, you're still playing 11 on 10 every time they're both on the field. I think that's pretty generous. Uh, but there has been a direct correlation between them seeing less snaps and our secondary not getting burned as much and our pass rush actually having time to develop and get to the quarterback. So I think that's the big one. Number two, I am going to say I think all of our players starting to play more up to their potential as to what we expected. I mean, we had a very rocky start to the season to Legereus Sneed. I mean, Legereus Sneed came out slow in a sophomore slump, but you've seen in the last two games, particularly against the Dallas Cowboys, he's oh, amazing. He's starting to play like a man. I mean, he's starting to play. And he's all over the field, too. He's all over the place. He's all over the place. He tackles. He doesn't just hit. He tackles, which is great, and he's starting to get some of that ball hawking we saw back in his rookie year. Now, number three, I have to put the acquisition of Melvin Ingram. I'm not going to pretend like he doesn't help our pass rush. Like, There's, there's no way that adding a, a vet minimum Melvin Ingram type player to your line doesn't make you better versus you know having to start one of your kind of more depth pieces at that defensive end spot. But I also right. can't let my judgment be clouded by the fact that this tr- uh, deal worked out better than I thought it would. You know, and like using that as a barometer, I thought I'm like, okay, I mean, you might do some like, you know, Suggs kind of duty. No, he's contributing to what I would say at the very least is an NFL starter level on that line, which we didn't have before. But that being said, that does not eclipse the fact of players playing up to their potential and less of Neiman and Sorensen. Amen. No, I, I mean, uh, again, it's really like 1A, 1B for me. I totally agree with you that that's a super important part. And then it it makes just like you and I talked about in the beginning of the season, we have to see more of Gay. We have to see more of Bolton. We said it in the preseason. So yes, Fancy Sports Media, we are the Majoricals. We are the Oracles. We are here telling you what you need to hear weeks before you need to even hear it. That's right, Kansas City fans. One more shout-out on the defense before we go to offense. Um, Trevorius Ward played really well, and Ooh. I have always given him crap. I've given him crap every – well, pre-2021, I just gave him crap every week. But I must say, man, he looks so good. Even Honey Badger says every week he's been improving, and he's – he out of everyone, he's so proud of his progress. And I just want to say – you know, thank you, Trarius Ward. I'm sorry for making fun of you for so many episodes, but he's finally looking back. He's playing one-on-one against the best receivers in the NFL, Devontae Adams, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Mike Williams, and he looks great. So I am looking forward to Traverius Ward in the playoffs, along with Sneed, even Fenton. Hopefully Fenton's okay after being banged up. That I think he's okay, actually. You get his helmet ripped cool. off? Yeah, I hope he's okay after that, too. Yeah, I know that was <laughs> referees trying to come in here. <laughs> no, you know what? No, I've opened my own can of worms here. Those referees, honestly, I think they should be suspended or at least they all need to be separated into crews that have experienced officials, 
you know, as like the leads of the teams. Cause those guys obviously weren't ready to all be in a same crew without having some semblance of like really high quality officiating. Cause you know what happened, you know, Aikman and Booker are like, well, they can't go back and, you know, uh, look at a replay for a face mask. I'm like, they can't, but you know what happened exactly is that the league got in their ear and they said, you have to go back and throw a face mask flag there. I don't even care. No one's going to question it. Throw that face mask flag or we're all done for. Yeah, I know it was, it was, there was a couple and they were really embarrassing that they should really clean up. But again, I don't want to get finery, so I'm just going to move on from that. I do. I'm full Peter Vermees right now. I'm going to tell it how it is. I'm not just going to rant. I'm going to be articulate in my thoughts as of why. Sporting case. Do people in the, in the uh, MLS get fined for rants or Peter Vermees talking about the Pete just got fined a few weeks ago. Yeah. It's great. Atta boy, Peter. Shout out to the OG Peter. Doesn't care about those fines. He doesn't care about those pizza parties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. But to round out the podcast, because we got some stuff to do, Reese, let's round out with the offense. Um, were you concerned at all with Patrick Mahomes getting no touchdowns? He did, although no touchdowns. He had 260 yards uh, with uh, 23 uh, completed passes. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm concerned about it. Uh, I mean, he's still looking better. He's taking what's being given to him. Uh, I think he was well on his way to a touchdown that drive where Kelsey just had to add to Pat's interception total for the year, which, I mean, again, you want to start another hashtag? Go back and listen to the podcast where I complain about those interceptions need to be, like, counted as team interceptions and not quarterback interceptions Mm -hmm. because – I mean, at this point, I think on my count, he has six of those this year. Just like right yep. in the hands, tip drill to somebody else. That's that's incredible. Uh, but no, I, th- I think Patrick Mahomes is looking better and better. He's looking more relaxed out there. He's not forcing deep ball shots the way he wanted to before. His accuracy seems to improve. And more above anything else is that I see him smiling, and he looks like he's having fun again. Absolutely. If you guys go back, go on Twitter and watch the uh, the offense on the sidelines when defense is on and they're doing these dances, and it, it, they look like they're having a lot of fun. Actually, to add to Reese's stat, so yeah, Patrick Mahomes has thrown six interceptions this season that had an above 75% chance of being completed. That's twice as much as any other quarterback in the NFL. And before this season, Pat, Pat has only thrown two of those in his entire career, which is which is kind of crazy. So six tip passes, essentially, um, that have been interception, which which is, yeah, is truly an anonymous. An anomaly, 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 anomaly. Let's keep that in because that was stupid. Anomaly or could be attributed to the Madden curse, perhaps. Reese. Yeah. Yeah, Pat's doing his best to fight off the Madden curses here. But, but even if, like, you said six, even if half of those were tip drills and three of them just, like, tipped to where nobody was, you know, that's not great. But it's like, you know what, you, those are the break, kid. But the fact that it's six, it's like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, but to, so I'm just going to piggyback of what you said, Reese, and then I'll move on from that. But, I mean, what's great, you're right. He is looking at his checkdowns, or he's just throwing the ball out of bounds or throwing it to the ground that's close to a, a, a receiver, which we didn't see from weeks one to five. He would try to make the extra play. He tried to just chuck it out there, but he's just taking the L. Sometimes they were getting a lot of pressure. The, our offensive line didn't play particularly well this past game. Um, but, Pat, if he thought he was going to get sacked, 
sacked. He's like, all right, I guess I'm just going to get sacked because he knows in retrospect, you know what? That's fine. We're still going to win 19-9. We should have won. You know, Butker misses two field goals, right? Or miss one and P- then the extra kick. P18 and field goal, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it should have been like 23 to 9, which looks like a better score. I mean, we almost we almost scored 20 points without Patrick Mahomes scoring a touchdown. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And he should have had that one when CH did the little dump off, but we'll talk about that later. Maybe we'll talk about it later. We'll see. But anyways, yeah, I'm not concerned about Patrick Mahomes. He's making the right decisions and still winning games against Super Bowl contending teams, which is awesome. Reese, Josh Gordon only had two targets. We were told by Andy Reid that he was going to be involved more in the offense this week, that he's kind of figured it out. But are we, do you think we give Josh Gordon another pass? When are we going to see him, you know, be a part of this offense? What's going on? Well, I mean, we're starting to see some other people step up in the offense. So maybe getting Josh Gordon involved isn't as important. But there were two targets his way and one hit him directly in the hands and he just dropped it so i i don't know who you blame that on is that josh or you know the lack of dialing him up in a game but i still think the guy's got more in the tank than what we're shooting for right now and again i I just don't know if he's getting dialed up to be more of a blocking receiver kind of a distraction the way sammy watkins was a lot of the time or they're just he's straight up not getting open so i mean i'm sure the truth lies somewhere in the middle yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if one game out of the season he has 150 yards receiving, two touchdowns, and then the rest of the season it's, you know, the same. Zero yards, two targets. I'm, I'm sure there, there, there's, there's going to be one game. Josh Gordon just goes off, and then that's all we see from him, which is fine. Whatever. I got, I got a million-dollar question for you now, speaking of dialing up and play calling here. Have you uh, heard any of the theories regarding Eric Bieniemy doing a lot of the play calling this year? No, but I did see him like do a ton of dancing on the sideline with offensive players, which made me think that he was drawing up this play. In particular, the the shovel pass to um, Ceh for the touchdown. I saw they were all like jumping on um, him. So yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. Well, a lot of the hot rumors around Kansas City, particularly on the airways, see some of the message boards, is that up until the Giants game this year. Uh, play calling duties largely fell on the shoulders of Eric Bieniemy. you know, possibly because Andy really wants Eric to get a coaching job. And I mean, he, he really should have a coaching job at this point. The guy's a very capable coach, been in the, the league a long time, great offensive coordinator. But it was around the Giants game, which, if you remember, was kind of the critical tipping point in the season where like we couldn't take another loss. And Andy said, OK, I'm going to start taking over some play calling duties again, which was around the same time the offenses started perking up. And he's particularly been doing play calling for like the first series to two series, which is why for the last few games, we've looked like a well-oiled machine out there in the first couple drives. But then he hands it back to Eric B. Enemy when we're kind of comfortable with a bit of a lead. And that's when the offense kind of starts plateauing again. Oh, so then, so that is a negative on... Be enemy then, or are we okay with be enemy trying to just hold the lead? I wouldn't say it's a negative on be enemy so much as it should be encouraging that if we're in do or die situations, Andy's okay with taking the wheel again, so long as it's not yeah. too far into the die category. If you catch my drift, yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense and would be different from previous years, right? That they would just kind of if it was in the die category it was okay risk over reward no sorry reward over risk is normally what had happened previous years where it was like you know what we should probably pass it here but we're probably going to run it just to stay safe Mm -hmm. so that's interesting take yeah we we will follow that as it develops this year because that 
would be interesting to follow to see what happens maybe against the Broncos or maybe uh, Bengals. So, yeah, that's interesting. Um, any other remarks, Reese, before I head back to the grill? Uh, it was nice to see CEH out there. I think there are some things he does well, and we saw that they wanted to get him a little bit more involved in the passing game like we talked about. But otherwise, I think this offense continues to make incremental steps forward. And, you know, I think it's kind of exciting for the rest of the season that we have a good chance of making the playoffs now. Yeah, things look great, Kansas City fans. We look awesome. I think let's hold the CEH, Daryl Williams. Uh, when I have time, we can dive into it a little more. But, yeah, you're right. CEH, 12 carries, Daryl Williams, 5 carries. But looks like Daryl Williams uh, beat him on snaps, actually. Snap percentage, Daryl Williams beat him. So we'll see what happens there. But, hey, they both didn't look bad. You're right, Reese. But you know what, Kansas City fans, like we said last week, Kansas City is back, just like we said last week, even though I got the take wrong. I said that this was going to be the highest scoring game in NFL history. Whoops, got that wrong. Here is my PBR apology. Um, I got that wrong, but (laughs) here's my PBR apology. I'm so sorry. But uh, that was great, Kansas City fans. Enjoy the bye week. We are going to have some great content out for you during the bye week. We never rest. But until next time, fans, I had to put that carne asada on the grill. Reese has to make his stonky stonky new room into a stonky Donkey new Fan City Sports Media studio. And we'll see you next time. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We are thankful for all of you for this for this Thanksgiving. No matter if you if you're on Patreon or if you're not on Patreon. Just the fact that you listen to us. You are our friends. We appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving. Have that turkey. We'll see you next time. like to thank you for joining us today on fountain city sports media this podcast is brought to you by listener support so consider becoming a friend of the podcast check out our patreon page at patreon.com backslash fcsm to gain access to premium content including outtakes bonus episodes and exclusive beer reviews Check out our website at FountainCitySportsMedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. 